Abercrombie, Google, and Typing Class. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are TFG Unbuttoned. It's our Tuesday podcast. We're here every Tuesday at uh, at, at least before 9 a.m., but sometimes sooner. So be sure to check us out. Also, check out our live show, which is Focus Group Radio. And uh, you can find out at focusgroupradio.com all of our information there about, uh, about us, our programming, our live Wednesday 1 p.m. show, and all of our archive of audio and video programming. And we'd like to thank Critics' Choice Video, which is America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. They've been with us since the start of TFG Unbuttoned, and we appreciate their support. We're also going to be welcoming a new sponsor a little later on in the show here called Magic Spoon, so stay tuned. How are you, Mr. Nash? I'm holding it together with spit and chewing gum. (laughs) Well, you know, we're all um, isolating in place. Uh, Bob and I chose to be upstate, which is about two hours north of the city. Although the city is still, people are still doing their stuff. Sadly, according to the news, they're all doing farmer's markets and like milling around and going to playgrounds, (laughs) which is not a good thing. I have to admit that upstate, they're a lot better about this. We went to the supermarket and everybody was like six feet apart. And a woman went by with those rubber gloves on and a mask. And I'm thinking, okay, there's only been a hundred and some cases upstate. I mean, in our area, but hey, better safe than sorry, right? Yeah, I'm I'm down in the state of Delaware. I had left um, Pennsylvania, particularly eastern Pennsylvania, went on, um, I, I guess, lockdown, for lack of a better word, very similar to what's happened in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. And Governor Cuomo, by the way, Andrew Cuomo, your governor in New York, I think he should be running for president. That's a sidebar. But, um, you know, he was smart to say regionally, you need to figure this out for people in the Northeast. You know, you can go in five states, you could drive through five states in, in less than two hours. You know, you could hit hit a number of different states and to have this hodgepodge of rules doesn't make a lot of sense. So my expectation is from Washington, D.C. to Boston, eventually, probably in the next couple of days, we're all going to be under the same same uh, restrictions. Uh, Delaware, just this morning has announced a uh, a stay-in-place uh, edict that you can go out to the grocery store, you can walk your pet, you can go to a pharmacy, but otherwise they want you in in your house or on, in your yard. They don't even want you seeing a friend for drinks or, or dinner uh, at your house, which um, I don't know. It, it's supposed to go through May 15th, and I was talking to you earlier that uh, I really don't know what to say about it. <laughs> yeah, normally you, you have been speechless because every single day brings a new level of oh my god kind of to this whole thing. I have to um I have to say that by Friday uh I noticed Bob has this thing with his company. So he's his company everybody began working from home about a week and a half ago just at the tip of the iceberg. So they're not used to this and they're all getting used to it. You and I have worked from home for a while, but we also have offices we go to or studios that we rent. So our business is a little bit more um, mobile and we're used to a lot of the tools that people use when they're working from home, like Google Hangouts or Slack or whatever the thing is. So they have a thing where his uh, team decides that they're going to do a little happy hour, more like a conversation that lasts for a half an hour from like six to six 30. And so I came back from a bike ride by myself outdoors 
nobody's scowl. It was okay to do. And he was doing this thing. And I kind of sat down next to him and popped in and they're all talking. And I said, Hey, for all of you folks who have never worked from home or done this kind of idea of telecommuting, how are you feeling about this? And it brought up a whole, they, I walked away after, after and let them talk about it for a while. That's what you and I do, Tim. We introduce topics. <laughs> like a seagull, you squawked, you, so you, you laid a turd and you left. Take a crap and then I left. And, uh, but they were very, it was stressful for all of them to start dealing with things that they could have done in the past just by looking to their left and saying to someone, did that go out or did that, you know, now you have to do it by typing or calling or something like that. So I did, it, by the end of the week, I was kind of like, woof, glad that week's over. I think it will be a smoother week for some now that the patterns are setting in and that we're all realizing that, no, the pause is happening the next three to four weeks, maybe a little, one or two longer. This is how it's going to be. And I said to, uh, we did virtual cocktails with Pat and Gary on um, Saturday night via iPhone. It was kind of fun. My original plan failed because of I missed something technology-wise, but we were doing it through the phone. <laughs> and they just asked at the end, what did I think? And I said, I think that there's going to be a point where we, we meaning the society and our government, are going to have to make a decision at some point. If you follow the CDC, this is an 18-month event. Well, we can't do this for 18 no. months. The, kind of, I'm the, not world, even sure the you... world can't survive it for 18 months. No, no. And, and what would be left is just, I don't want to think about it. So... We'll, we'll get there when we get there, but I think there are going to be some interesting and sad and tough decisions that are going to be made in about a month. And, uh, well, God, I, said, you know, I was going to say, God bless my mom. I talked to her yesterday. You know what her concern was? How are you doing? Easter. What are we going to do for <laughs> Easter? I said, Mom. I love your mom. I said, Mom, there's no Easter. Well, you, your birthday's around. We got to have a cake. I said, Mom, I am not coming up. I'm not driving to Connecticut. There's no Easter this year. You'll do Easter later. Why? Your father and I was going to go out early to get a ham. I said, Mom, you can have ham. <laughs> you can cook Easter dinner for you and Dad. Yeah. But yeah. there's no Easter this year. She was not having any of it. And uh, it reminded me a little bit of your mom when she insists on the holiday, right? The, the holiday uh, holiday get-togethers. So Yeah, Bob always wondered why our – like he wondered for many for many years he's wondered about the obsession with Easter. And so I'm so <laughs> glad that you brought your mother into this equation because – it explains to me, like, this is the world we grew up in. Easter was a big holiday. Right. It's spring is here, right? Your church, your outfit, your Easter bonnet, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, so, your egg anyway. hunt, your nieces, your nephews. So, hey, we're here every Tuesday. We plan to be here every Tuesday. We're also uh, going to be live every every Wednesday at 1 p.m. East through our YouTube stream and uh, Facebook Live. So if you go to Focus Group Radio and search, you'll be able to find both of those streams. So during the times of uh, of our shelter in place, we'll certainly be here. And uh, we're a great place if you want to advertise to people. We're still on. We're still current. We're still here. Right, John? We're so, still uh, here. We're still here. So we have three stories this week. We're trying to, um, although we talked a little bit about the virus up front, we want to uh, try to maybe share some stories with you that uh, we think may have been overlooked or that just uh, certainly caught our eye and our attention. So the three this week, the first one is about Abercrombie and Fitch. Many, many years ago, John and I, back in the day when we were still in high school and college, we used to go to an Abercrombie and Fitch store in Stamford, Connecticut, <laughs> and they had plaid wingback chairs and croquet sets and $4,000 barbecues in the 80s, which we we loved going there. It was kind of a Abercrombie and Fitch survival, um, I don't know, high-end, high-end, right, high-end sporting was. goods place. We couldn't afford a thing, maybe a $40 keychain, but... um 
And then they changed in the 90s and the 2000s to almost this soft porn sort of black and white washboard abs, girls. Bruce Weber photography. Right. To the point where if you walked in there and you didn't look like those models and or you were older than 21, you felt maybe you were out of place. So that's why this had caught uh, caught our attention. So the headline is meet the plus size beefy gay model fronting Abercrombie's new campaign. So there's a new campaign called Face Your Fears, and it's for a, gr- a, uh, a group of, uh, of their fragrances. And they're trying to promote more diversity and get more diverse models. So they're using some LGBTQ faces. Um, Gus, Gus Kenworthy, the, uh, the snowboarder or the freestyle skier from the Olympics. And then this one guy, Michael McCauley, who's 6'1", 260 pounds. We'd know him as a bear. And uh, so he's one of the faces of this ad campaign. And uh, it's a total 180, I guess, from anything that Abercrombie's done before. What did uh, what did you think of it? Well, I had read about this guy and, and this gig a while ago, and I think that his day job, he's actually in coding or uh, web design of some sort. And this is something that kind of came along and he actually was surprised to begin a modeling career given his and our perception of who goes into modeling because of body beautiful and stuff. And he was selected for this uh, Abercrombie shoot and he and his agents like, hey, you got A and F. And he's like, yeah, that's funny. Let's move on. And don't want you tell me the real story. And no, they're like, you did it. I think it's kind of cool. Of course, in typical 2020 or fashion, I don't know if you read that thing at the bottom of the article about how after he was selected for the ANF campaign, a bunch of his old Twitter. Um, and got all the publicity. Yeah, and he got all the publicity. Then a lot of his old comments resurfaced, and one of them was about him being made late for an appointment because of a Black Lives Matter riot that was happening that slowed traffic down. And the interesting thing is this all was a, a year or two or three ago, and I, I it just proves to me the this whole idea of social media as a sounding board. I'm not sure we could take it seriously at all because clearly he was pissed about missing a meeting or being late, shot something off nasty about, Hey, it's about black lives matter. Comes back to bite him in the ass later. Um, it should have been more thought out. I, I wish he didn't have a platform to vent. He could have just told a friend, Hey, there was a demonstration going on. That's why I'm late, but instead it's there. So it kind of, counterbalances all the positivity of having a plus size LGBT male model in an Abercrombie and Fitch campaign, which you, as you said earlier, is usually the Bruce Weber hairless, beautiful people, right? Right. And, and even the, you know, back in 06, the founder of Abercrombie or one of the the leaders said that we are exclusionary. Not everybody could fit in our clothes and that's okay. But now they want to try to, you know, try to be more inclusive. This is the warning that we give everyone. I've talked to my nieces about it. You can, it's very easy to tap, 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 you know, make some sort of comment. What I call BS on though, is he did make the comment about black lives matter. What about my life? I'm late for my appointment. So as you said, he could have just simply said that, but now he has gone overboard. I think with his apology, I'm really, really sorry. I did not mean those comments. I just want you to know, I don't agree with anything that I said. It shocks me that I said those things. Bullshit. You said them. You meant it at the time. So it, and I'm sure you still actually, but to, but the the over over kind of uh, mea culpa apology was just I thought even worse than the actual deed of him complaining that it it made him late for a meeting the protest. I agree. I agree. So, he could have simply said oh, that was really stupid of me. I shouldn't have said those things. I don't mean them. 
and moved on. Right. But I guess he felt he had to address that. This uh, this second article is a is a quick one, only in that it's a long article, but I think it's quick in that it's um, another lesson. You and I have talked a lot of times about uh, with the iPhone or with our our cell phones about they have the tracking devices on them. And you can turn those off, right? The location tracking devices so they don't know where you are. But a lot of people use those things if you're running. I know you probably use it when you when you ride great distance to see where you went. It maps it out, gives you the mileage, gives you time, whatever. But there was an issue where there was a burglar, a, bur- a robbery. And a, and a burglary. Burglary. <laughs> I was trying to yeah, Just remember the hand, burglar. Burglary. Burglary. A robbery in an area of an elderly um, elderly woman. And this one guy used to ride his bike by there every day. And so the police, which is shocking to me for one thing, that the police actually went to warrant, uh, get a warrant for geo, a geofence warrant, they call it, for the police department to uh, see what devices may have been in this location. And then they, when they identify a few that they think are suspect, then they dig deeper and try to get information as, of these people. So this kid who's the who's the bicyclist or the the biker riding his bike to work, I guess it was every day, was pinpointed to be in this vicinity quite often. And so then all of a sudden he became a suspect in this, in this robbery. Can you imagine that? So yeah, this guy, uh, Zachary McCoy, uh, Gainesville, Florida, gets a note, an email from Google saying their legal team has complied with a request from law enforcement and for this what did you call it, the geofence geofence warrant yeah this was the big if you all right so there's two pieces of this article there's a this perfectly innocent guy who happens to ride his bike in the same route every day happened to be by this woman's home at a certain time which they think might have been when the burglary happened um but then there's this other bigger meta story of the fact that all the location data from the phone is always feeding into a database and that the law enforcement knows it exists they can go to google they can request the information and now you have a totally innocent guy had no idea what any of this was going on what does he have to do he actually has to go out and hire an attorney he borrows money from his parents to hire an attorney because now it's starting to get serious and you don't want to be caught up in this without some, in my opinion, with especially with law enforcement, you want legal representation. You want someone to know how to navigate this. They didn't say how much it cost for this to get resolved because eventually it was shown to the police from the same data they were using right. to accuse him of being in that area that he was, in fact, a frequent exerciser. This was They could pinpoint every single day he rode by that area. And it established a pattern. Oh, the pattern is this is where the guy exercises. But shocking, absolutely. Well, actually, I shouldn't say shocking. If you're going to give all that data away, you might as well expect something like this to happen. But boy, oh boy. Well, that's why there was a recommendation. And uh, we talked about it on our main show, the focus group of shutting off location services sometimes just for this very issue. I I, I couldn't believe that the police department went to this length. And um, maybe they're not all that busy in Gainesville. But I, I remember I had a credit card stolen and the credit card, somebody went and bought baseball uniforms for the local team in town. And I remember going to the police saying, obviously, the people who bought these uniforms stole my credit card. Yeah. Eh, yeah. Let the credit card company handle it. I said, they don't want to handle it. I was so angry. But meanwhile, they randomly find some guy that's on a bike. <laughs> anyway, I just, yeah, this I know. sort of stuff drives me crazy. Hey, we mentioned earlier that... Uh, we have a new uh, a new partner joining us today, Magic Spoon. So we'd like to welcome them to Unbuttoned. They um, 
they are uh, sponsoring or in part sponsoring our show today. It's a new cereal company and uh, it's a great way. We, I love cereal as a kid. We all did. I think it was, it was the sort of um, thing you look forward I'm to in the morning. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> so, but I loved, I, we all had our favorite brands of cereal, cereal, whatever. But the, the, th- the thing about it was it was always full of sugar. So the great thing with Magic Spoon is, is that it's, uh, it replicates a lot of your favorite childhood cereal flavors, but with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. So for me, who I've been trying to this, and I've still stayed on it, um, trying to lessen my carb intake in order to be healthier and, and lose some weight, this uh, Magic Spoon cereal is keto-friendly, it's gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb, as well as GMO-free. So we um, we think it's a great a great thing to uh, to try, and they come in four different flavors. And uh, there's the fruity, the frosted, the cocoa, and, and the blueberry. And the blueberry. So I, I'm, I'm. Between, I, I think I'm between should... fruity and frosted. Is kind yeah, of where I, I am. So how I, about I'm, you? I'm, I'm cocoa and frosted. And hey, you know, I am a fitness nut, and that's why, sadly, cereal was banned from all cabinets and home shelves. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time I saw a box of cereal. And I love it because we grew up on this stuff, especially Captain Crunch or peanut butter balls in my household. So when Magic Spoon came along, I was fascinated, couldn't wait to try it. And as Tim said, it's high protein, gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb. And the key in that is when you look at the nutritional panel, which is what everybody should do for most foods anyway. It, it's a really, it's it, I it's great. It's exactly what they're saying. Three quarters of a cup is the serving. If you put a little bit of low fat, whole milk is fine too, whatever. You're going to change the ratios a bit, but you'll get a little more protein if you do that that way. Tasty as all get out. Makes a fantastic uh, snack or even a little, you know, something during the day. But Tim said something recently that I wanted to reinforce. Um, We were talking about diet and about protein and about when to have protein. And I think your doctor recommended that you might not have, it, it would be wise to have a little protein before going to bed because it helps the body even out all the insulin spikes and stuff. I sometimes have an egg wipe before I'm going to bed. Now I'm thinking I need magic spoon. <laughs> I need a bowl of comfort cereal before I go to bed, right? Yep. No, exactly. Hey, so folks, um, we really think you should give it a try. You could hear it in our voices. We're thrilled to have cereal back on the menu again. Um, so go to magic spoon, M-A-G-I-C-S-P-O-O-N, magicspoon.com slash focus. And grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code FOCUS, F-O-C-U-S, at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in this product, it's back with 100% happiness guarantee. And I can guarantee you'll be happy with it. So it's magicspoon.com slash FOCUS. And use the code FOCUS to get free shipping. Try them out, folks. I think you'll love it. Perfect. And uh, so our final story today was, I, John, did you take typing class in high school? I, I loved it. you did. I did not. And Why did you not take it? Because it was an elective and it, hey, this is the 19, late 60s, right? No, and no, it no. Like, it was the 70s, 80s. If I had my choice, it, no, it was, it was viewed as like, I took band and chorus, so I was kind of shunted off into that direction. But even okay. so, it, it used to be a very girl class right well the, the, i took typing i guess and maybe thank I'm god girly. you did so, it, it was just re- <laughs> so the headline here was a remember typing class the class that actually mattered in the long run yeah. <laughs> so 
I love this. I yeah. took typing in sophomore year in high school, and you were right. There was a there was a stigma against it still in the in the late seventies, early eighties about it being a girls' class. But I don't know why I ended up taking it as an elective. And I remember Marianne was in the class with me, as was Leaf Arnis. Remember Leaf? Ah, uh, Leaf, yeah. And there was a teacher, Mrs. Dumas, and she had this long yardstick. Oh, you had Mrs. Dumas? Like, oh a, like a yardstick or a ruler. And she would slam it on the table if you, because you, know, you had J U J space, F G F space. You know, you had to hit these things. And she'd crack your knuckles. You'd go to jail now, right? You weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> but. I you still now I I can still look and type. I know you're kind of more the hunt and peck with the two I'm fingers. Hunt and peck. Yeah. But what happened to us, we ended up getting in trouble. I convinced Marianne and Leaf and I decided for the test because we we had done well with kind of the JUJ space stuff, but then when it came to actually typing and going and looking, I still had to look at the keyboard. So I I said, why don't we type it all beforehand and load it in for the test? Because they had these electric typewriters. We'll just hit the space bar. Ooh boy. She caught us. We were pulled behind. She, we were told how disappointed she was in us. Or she, she said, I'm so disappointed in you, you guys. You're supposed to be leaders in the school and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so we did not get an A in typing. But, um, but I, still, <laughs> I still like the fact that we did it. It said it helps you with your spelling. Maybe that's why you had trouble spelling. Well, here's a weird thing. So I wish I had taken typing because I, I, I feel it's the, 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 the um, what am I looking for? The bottleneck between getting what's in my head out on the paper, even handwriting. My handwriting degrades significantly the faster I'm thinking. I can't write as fast to keep up. And I know my mom always says to me, Oh, no, no, honey, it's you're supposed to slow down. And I'm like, No, I'm thinking too fast. I ended up learning a little bit better typing when I was a typesetter. <laughs> I still yeah. watch you though. You're 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 the two fingers. Pip, 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 pip. You're hunting hunt back. back. You're not hunt using back. all your. You're not using all four or five. So because of this article um, and the fact that I now recognize this as a an essential skill, I actually Googled um, learning how to type oh, at an older age. And but guess what? There's plenty of things you could do. There's plenty of sites that have free training. And one, one guy even said he was never a typist. He was a hunt and peck, but he's a coder. And he knows that he has to type really fast for coding. So he took a couple, he did it like a Mavis something and something else. Improved to about 50 words per minute, which I was really impressed by actually. And he just said, whatever you do, just do it and have fun with it. Take three weeks. And so maybe while we all stay. This would be a good thing for you. Learn to type, right? Learning to type. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of plans for the next couple of weeks that will never come to fruition. I was trying to develop a, like a kind of a workout routine I could do on the patio. <laughs> for God's sakes. Every day I imagine it. I don't do it. I just imagine it. Think of it. This I thought of it too. Push-ups. Push-ups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This I used to back in the day. but Yeah. And, you know, if I really just decide to do the 20 minutes it would take to do some squats or air squats, they call them, or push-ups. But typing is on the agenda as well. well I think this is a great one. And even if you just went through a first, first you know, couple lessons, but... They do say now the optimal time for to teach this to kids is first, second, and third grade may even be too late. I guess it's because we're so dependent now on devices with keyboards. But when we did it, it was sophomore in high school. I remember that was yeah, when that right. was the optimal time. But um, so good article, good yeah. call. So hey, we want to thank our friends at Critics Choice Video. If you go to focusgroupradio.com as well as finding out all about uh, the focus group and Unbuttoned, you'll also see a list of our sponsors there. And Critics Choice has been with us since the start of Unbuttoned. They're America's video and uh, t- uh, movie, TV, and video authority. If you go to focusgroupradio.com, you'll see the logo there. Just click on it and start shopping away. 
And uh, there's always some great stuff there. And now's perfect time. They're open, where so many things aren't open, but they're open right now. And you can order some of those classic movies or classic TV that uh, that you miss or you want to catch up on while we're all uh, sheltering in place to get over this epidemic. Yeah. So if you if you're at Critics Choice, um, by all means, request a catalog. Upper left hand corner of their menu structure uh, comes every four or five weeks. I love it. I call it nonlinear shopping. I call it shopping the way it used to be. They also have a, a special going on for the month of March. Save an extra twenty percent uh, when you enter the coupon code M A R B U Y three Mar by three. And I love Critics Choice. I don't know. They might read my mind, but I I I'm at the homepage and I look down and what do I see? But I see something that my mom introduced me to that I'd never heard of before when I was visiting her a few weeks ago and stayed with her for a few days. She was obsessed with watching something called Father Brown. And I think I told you about this. So she, we sit down. It's PBS. Father Brown takes place in, I think it's like the 40s, maybe, 40s or 50s. He is a priest or, a, well, I don't think he's a priest. Well, he's, you know, pastor or whatever um, in a British little English town. And he rides a bicycle around with this frock on. You know how they used to wear those black yeah. things with the and the Roman collar and a hat. And he solves mysteries. So, and but he does it in half an hour. So, <laughs> so it's Angela so, Lansbury in in England, <laughs> in the countryside. I watched my mom just totally fall into loving the world of Father Brown. I thought, you know, <laughs> God bless Father Brown. So, hey, Father Brown's Who there. Let the lambs out. <laughs> it down was, in yeah, Abbey, it, down by Abbey, down the Avon. Nothing's ever threatening. I mean, and if there's any violence, it happens way off screen. You have no idea what's, which, by the way, I, I like it. So I got to hey, look this up. Father Brown. Father Brown. How old yeah. is it? An old, old series? Well, this is, this is uh, putting season seven out. Oh, so wow. this has been going on. The, the Father Brown team's been kicking out for a while now. Wow. So a big thanks again to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. Go to focusgroupradio.com, click on their logo, and begin your shopping experience. We want to thank all of you, including our partner Magic Spoon, for joining us for the ride today, for being with us. Uh, stay healthy, folks. And um, there was something funny that I came across. That Pat, we brought it up on our show last week about the 20 seconds to wash your hands. Tim, I got to tell you, I've been doing that Princess Leia line now every time I wash my oh hands. My God, I can't think believe my, you know that. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <laughs> I do. Hey, friends, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the Focus Group Wednesday or on the Unbuttoned next week. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.